like that. You look like sharp. That. Yeah, that is amazing. Hallelujah. Holy shit. I love what a that. Time to be alive. Cocktails and questions. We were just admiring sound engineer Austin's cactus shirt. And we have a special studio guest, uh, influencer and knowledge dropper, Anna Gilligan. What up, Anna? Hello. <laughs> um, before we get going, um, I'm going to do a little bit of a selfish thing because we do have adoring fans all over the world. How do I look? You look great. You look good. Do you know why? I've been training. Oh, yep. Training, training what? Uh, Stand up paddleboarding. So brandonpaddles.com. You can learn all about it. It is a charity event, <laughs> and I'm raising money How's for that not a fetish site. Mental support <laughs> for those with cancer, which is not a laughing matter, James. So I'd appreciate. Sorry, it. you're right. You're uh, right. You stop. Hey, your, I am the single greatest contributor to your fun so <laughs> You might. Be I, get, the I think only. I bought the right to say that. Yeah, you did. Um, but brandonpaddles.com. Uh, it's an awesome charity, man, and having fun training for it. How uh, far are you going? 21 miles. 21 miles. 20 miles, yes, sir. At one time. One time. On board. 10 hours. Are you wearing up. a shirt? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking. I mean, I saw not. I wasn't like picturing it or anything. Like I'm just... A little floating beef cake. I mean, uh, shirt, no. Cowboy boots, yes, yes. probably. Um, All right. That's happening on June 10th, man, so feeling good. Um, but something that gets me a little bit down was a headline that we share. So oftentimes, cocktails and questions, uh, we look in the current headlines for inspiration. And this one is a little bit of a downer because, you know, we, we sit around and we talk about, oh, the future is going to be awesome and AI is great. And it's kind of like put a bird on it, right? Like everything, you get AI and you get AI and you get AI. But this headline is about when it goes wrong. Right. You know, and catch so, us up a little bit? yeah, if, if, if you've um, been online, you've probably encountered that article that talks about how Amazon now has a system that can auto-fire people, and it's essentially software <laughs> running in their factories. We all knew they'd invent the Terminator. We just didn't know it would be your job, Terminator. I thought that was going to be a lot funnier oh, when that was wow. in my head. No, um, out loud. So we can no, edit that part exactly. out. Yeah. No, remember, we have the no edit policy. We just keep it raw. Um, we don't no, but they, they, we don't So they have a, a system that tracks your, your productivity, and if you reach a certain threshold of what they call time off task, which is a metric they, they, they track. And what, what class of workers is this This is at? for the warehouse workers. So if, if you spend too much time away from your core job, it, it automatically generates the paperwork and just fires you on the spot and lets you go without a manager having to be involved which is fairly horrifying and I think that justifies most people's shit. worst fears about what Amazon can be. And it's, and it's completely automatic, right? Yeah, as I so. understand. They didn't, give, they didn't give a lot away. They did confirm that it exists, but Amazon didn't comment on it. In fact, I think it came out of some sort of lawsuit. Slight to moderately horrifying, yeah. I would say. I mean, strong you know, to quite strong, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea... We, I mean, we talk about this all the time. AI is... It, it's, it can be good, it can be bad, it can be indifferent. I would say that um, this is one where it's both, right? So, I mean, the idea yep. of being able to analyze productivity, uh, understanding how people operate in a warehouse environment, there's all kinds of good things that can happen. Like, is somebody doing something dangerous? I, I was given this uh, talk around construction sites, and one of the coolest uses of AI is they can actually track people on the construction site and see if they're doing something wrong, like leaving... Like an OSHA uh, law? Well, more like leaving uh, a saw running or standing on top of a ladder without a safety harness. There's all of this like so crazy stuff. And real quick, how do they accomplish that? So uh, they point a camera using uh, machine vision, and they just point it, and they can train it to look at um, you know things that go wrong. Like there was this this example of um, these guys in New York, I'm just picturing this happen, right? Like 13 people got hurt on a job site and they couldn't figure out why. And it was because they were working in this four foot hole 
and they had a ladder and these guys were like, no, fuck the ladder. I'll just jump down. And everybody kept jumping down. And every time they jumped down, they'd like blow out their knee or they do. And so, and they couldn't figure it out. Which I don't know why they didn't just ask them, but then they put this camera on it and the camera, the AI is like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> the huge brain and uh, Alexa determines that these big 250 pound guys yeah, shouldn't I, be I jumping for the cloud. Feet. And this is what came <laughs> yeah. back. So, I mean, so there's little stuff like that where in a workplace environment, like a, uh, logistics facility or like a warehouse, I mean, things can be really dangerous. People can die if you oh, do yeah. things the wrong way. So AI can save lives. I mean, I, I think more people are killed on a construction site than in any other uh, category. And you, you, and you haven't even touched on uh, diagnosis of, of cancer. Like exactly, right? There's all this stuff. Bit, yeah. So I digress. Why is this bad? Because when it goes unchecked, these things happen. There's also these people, these people are people, right? And there is humanity and there is a need to understand that maybe this person was having a bad day or maybe they actually got injured. And so, or they're sick and that's why time off task, time off task, time off task. So, so I can't uh, do that, David. The, the <laughs> thing that worries me with something like this is the, the idea that this will start to label AI as bad, and it fulfills all these negative prophecies that everybody's been so worried about in the Luddites. Like, literally, like, this was their worst nightmare. Did you ever see that, um, the, the Matt Damon film Elysium? Yes. Like, the whole, like, healthcare... No, but I actually, actually, for some reason, watched Small World or Getting oh, Small Downsizing. <laughs> 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 I, I watched no. that for 20 minutes on a flight, and I was like, that was not going to get that I, time back. I got so far into it that I just couldn't give it up on oh. a flight. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I don't know what I was thinking. I was drunk was or terrible. something. I don't know. Well, Elysium, I call it a, a documentary from the future, as far yeah, as Yeah, but I he has tell. to go, and he, yeah. has to, he, he has a parole officer who's a robot. <laughs> and, like, there's literally no compassion, I think. When you look, when you think about it, the thing that I think is probably the most humbling is when a machine is in charge of making a decision over your employment status. It literally, it's, it's not programmed to ask questions or to feel anything. It's not programmed to like think, oh, well, that person has a wife and kids, right? You, there's no pleading with it. There's, there's, there's no, I mean, you could probably write a letter. But the, the truth is, is that, you know, it's a very dispassionate, cold machine, time off task. So the um, How many times are you gonna time off task... <laughs> Not enough, as far as I can <laughs> but, tell. Um, but, um, <laughs> no, I think that's what, you know, and you look at it, but the, the thing that, that I think is what really at least raises my eyebrows, you're starting to see AI everywhere. And the truth is, is if you put .ai next to your oh yeah next to your URL, you're an AI company. And Anna, actually, and I have some experience with that because we got hit up by, I suppose, an AI startup here for some collaborative work. And then we started digging into it. We're like, that's not AI. You don't. So I've been watching this space for a while, just through our backgrounds and what I'm interested in, right? And I did a little point in time gut check and I reached back out to a couple of people. And almost every single company that says that they do dot dot says that they do AI. AI or has dot AI. Essentially when you really get into it, and I know the people that are at the companies, really what they're in is a data hygiene company. Yeah. They because don't do AI. They what don't. was it the European stat is like like fifty percent of Companies in Europe who say they do AI don't do any AI yeah. at all. <laughs> yes, no. none. It, I just zero surprise. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, you know, even if half of them are are legit, it's it's a thing now, right? And it makes you wonder what our future is going to be like, right? And I I wonder like, there's is it going to be great? Is it going to be horrifying like some of us worry about? Is it going to be a non thing, right? Like the, the bread N A A N. <laughs> like what? Oh, non. A non. Got it. Got it. Right. Hungry. That that that's that's almost as good as my Terminator. So yeah. how do you figure out? Like how do if we have to think about the future? Um, there's there's so much good, there's so much bad. Um, wh where's it going to shake out, right? And and is it 
is it a responsibility for us to um, not allow things like this to happen? Or um, does Amazon think this is a, I mean, I guess they think it's a competitive advantage, right? Yeah, they, they uh, absolutely, right? Um, and, and I think about it, and so there's a, this great book called The Glass Cage, and it was talking about the history and future of automation. Um, I love that book. I've read it twice now. And the author talks about how there's technology-centered automation, which is like automation for automation's sake, and then there's human-centered automation, which is like it makes you better at something, right? Um, and it's an extension of yourself. And the way to think about that is actually a car is both types at some point. Like it is actually human-centered automation if it's a stick shift, if you're operating it. It's automatic, it's technology-centered. It takes you from point A to point B. But I, I wonder like how it's going to shape our, our life. And, and I saw this headline... Um, there's uh, the Memory Lane AI project, um, and that's actually tackling elderly loneliness. And in it's in an unfunny way, it's kind of like that um, Amazon Alexa Silver skit from Saturday Night Live. Did you ever see that? Where it, like takes care of your parents? Yeah, it just you. listens yeah. to listens to old people and like <laughs> and like I don't know about that. <laughs> like like <laughs> Alistair, take note. <laughs> but um, but it actually goes and it, it helps alleviate. Um, depression in, in in the elderly by letting them tell their story and conversing with them as they do it. So it becomes a companion that's done through Google Voice Assistant. So there are, I think, um, good things that can come of it. You know, but you look at the headlines about how automation is going to take 50% of jobs in the next 20 to 25 years. So that's a bad thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure where I, I lie. I'd be curious as to where you guys sit. I mean, <clears throat> the, the biggest thing that I see is we jump the shark all the way over uh, augmentation. We just go straight to automation. Usually when this stuff goes awry. So uh, what's our what's our dude, Life 3.0? Yeah, what's Max Tegmark. He does a great job of talking about uh, the maturation of AI and, and parallel pathing it with human beings' development. And that's a little bit of what's happening. I feel like we have this uh, prepubescent seven-year-old, and we're like, hey, tell me who I should fire. <laughs> and then we're like totally surprised that it got it wrong. So in due time, I think it will get there, but it seems to be these untrained models that are just out or unsupervised and things like that. And they're just making decisions and crashing cars and firing people. But when you do the augmentation side of it, so to your point about um, uh, assisted driving and transmission all the way down to the creative arts, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's going to be a watershed moment in, in human history, no doubt. So you know what I think is the most interesting and scary part of this is what I would question is if you have no heart and you're based on facts, this is probably 95% accurate. They're called right? attorneys. Ben. So, you know, that's <laughs> very true. They, but, but I mean, if you think about it, right, this is, um, this is probably a tool that Amazon uses to get a lot more effectiveness and to get a lot more efficiency. Um, at, at some point, like when do we say that too much AI is, too much, right? And and yeah. if you think about like the common scenario that people talk about is uh, an, an AI driven um, an autonomous car, yep. right? And it has to make a split second decision between should it drive off the road and save your life or hit somebody that's a pedestrian in the crosswalk. And so it's got to do all these calculations around net present value of your earnings <laughs> and your family and what how much life you have and all of this that's stuff. Right. And it's got to right. do this this decision. Um, so my, my question is. Does do we want to outsource that, or is there some sort of rain that we have to put on these technologies I mean, so that, but that so that we can make those decisions? 
knowing that we are actually the worst people at making those decisions. Right, because most of our decisions actually lead to death and mayhem. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, Brandon, I, I, I know you had something you want to say, but I think that the thing is, I think about like what we will delegate, and and there's no reason in five to ten years that we should ever send another human being in to defuse a bomb. Like, there's just that's a terrible decision, right? Like, if you have a metal contraption that can intelligently diagnose what the bomb is going to do yep. and go and clip the wires, or at the very least, if it blows up, it's not a human loss. That's something we have to do. You have to take advantage of that. The thing that I, I worry about, though, is that delegation is not based in what you more often see, which is efficiency. People aren't lazy. They're just really efficient, right? They want to conserve their energy as a function of survival. Who do and you so, hang out with? I, yeah. I'm but we're gonna. What are we gonna start delegating, and how does that add up to what you're talking about, right? Like we're like, ah, you know what? I really don't feel like raising my kid today. I feel like going and yeah. having a picnic, or ah, I don't feel like doing my work today. You know, like uh, I think those are the little hobgoblins that are gonna creep up on us and add up to the dark future that you were concerned about. Uh, you had, you posed a question <clears throat> a little bit ago about um, what do you do about it, and I think part of it is is balance, and what you're seeing is. Um, in, in cultural trends, you're seeing a callback to camping, a callback to handmade goods, a callback to things that allowed us to be who we were, right? So hunting's on the rise. Um, all, this, all these things that made us inherently human mm -hmm. are at the same time rising up as the same time as our augmentation or automation is. And I think as long as you keep that balance and you don't end up like uh, the end of Wally, if you remember that movie, yeah. right? Like, yes. like their bones dissolve By and they just around on cherry, right? So... Um, I quite purposely put myself through stressful things, right? Uh, physically, because there's that there's that evolutionary thing in you that that causes you to do this. It's why you stare at an ocean. It's why you stare at a fire, right? So if you keep that thing alive and you actually look at AI as a tool and not an answer, I think you can get a whole lot further. The question that you brought up, which is really interesting, is something that I've, I've thought a lot about before, or enough to come up with this whole idea, which is ethics as a service, which is a clearinghouse for code bases, right? And the, sorry, I shouldn't say right, I say right too much at the end of my sentences, but um, but it is a clearinghouse for code base. And it the idea is it would be a consortium of philosophers, sociologists, technologists that essentially allow a Ford Fiesta's automate, uh, autonomous driving to be that of a Bentley because just because you have the money doesn't mean that you should survive in a crash. Hmm. So the idea is that uh, you get together and there's a sort of a, a clearinghouse or an oversight committee that decides what the algorithm should and shouldn't do. Yep. And it's not owned by one person or by a company with a bunch of money. Kind of like yeah. an ICANN for ethics. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That makes right. a lot of sense. And, and you saw it a little bit with, um, you know, we talk about the biases of algorithms and you brought up Amazon. It's actually not their first problem with AI. So one of, a somewhat famous case is they had trained an AI model to help select candidates that would be suitable to uh, join Amazon as in, in their developer pool. But the problem was it, it was trained off of a model that currently existed, right? And the model was full of male engineers, white male engineers. Mm -hmm. And so if you didn't match those two criteria on its face, you were automatically dinged on your score, mm -hmm. right? That never would have happened if you had this this sort of ethics as a service clearinghouse. And you, you know, to put these things out in the wild to affect public change, it has to have the seal of approval. I think there's actually a second dimension to the ethics discussion too. When you look at like Indeed, right? It's the largest job search site. Um, that's what they say in their commercials, anyhow. And they say <laughs> they're powered by AI actually now. twelve. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, it's like nine people. It's like it. the lawyer speak at yeah, the bottom exactly. of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's, what, that's what they say on their website, anyhow. But um, they're supposedly powered by AI, which I think is really probably just enhanced search, right? Like all it is is scanning content for keywords. Like it just actually works. Right. It's, yeah. like, it's like, hey, it's like a Google for resumes. Yeah. We have um, gotten to a point where AI doesn't mean anything. To your point, yeah, it's so just nebulous. Well, I think it's it, it, yeah, it hasn't elastic been search. In. To your point, but from an ethics perspective, does that force the candidate knowing that the AI is trained to look for certain things to reduce the populace to a set of ideal applicants to just game the system on their behalf? Right, like the whole idea of like I just have to be good at backlinking in order to get on page one of Google. I just have to be good at putting just the right words in my resume. Black hat resume. Writing. Black hat resume writing. Yeah. Right, like that's ethics right there. Like, and I think the the there's going to be a whole lot of unintended consequences of this smarter future we talk yeah. about that we can't even envision right now that will become prevalent. Yeah, I totally. I think you're totally right. I mean, there's been so many examples of that. You know. Um, the Microsoft example where they uh, created a bot that like within a couple of hours became like a neo-Nazi just because Racist, people misogynist. started trying to, yep. to train it. Right? And off just, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, off of Twitter. Um, you know, so there, there's all those things. But I think that the to that Indeed example, one of the biggest challenges, and I've been reading a lot about this, is that um, a lot of times we don't actually know how those models work. Mm -hmm. And even the people who write them can't tell you it's mm -hmm. such a black box. They can't tell you how the AI is is working behind the scenes. So not only can you not game it, you can't actually tell if it's biased because you don't know what it's measuring. That's exactly right. And and the 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 thing that freaks me out is the self learning, the unshepherded, sort of unmanaged, unmonitored self learning. Yes. The associative uh, properties of neural networks, where it's like, well, all of these candidates didn't fit my criteria. And it starts to learn that ethnic names are at the top of the resume. So all of a sudden it yep. starts without being an overt racist, just becoming a racist yep. because that's what it learned. And nobody actually sat down to your point with ethics. How do you teach a computer not to be a racist or how do you teach it not to be gender biased? It's going to reach certain conclusions based on whatever that proprietary black box algorithm was. And if you don't do it just right and monitor it for unintended. Do you remember the um, Microsoft chatbot that that got trained up by all the trolls and it started yeah, spouting mind comp yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly it that's a classic example of you not listening i was, <laughs> well, I, was I was i was kind of going out into the future you mean that example did i just that did i just do that minutes shit. Ago? i just did that sorry so good you, i was going man. down i was going down a thought trail when you were doing that <laughs> I, I just, I just I was did playing that. Minecraft on my phone. I just was rambling. I, was I just did stupid. that. I automated my listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be yeah. nice. So, yeah. so the algorithm in my head didn't work as as intended. No, but I think it's a really important point, and those are the things but that I think is like, that's just burdensome, like uh -huh. for the for the developer to be watching it all the but time. That, that's the that's the maturation that I was trying to highlight in life. Three dot is he dick. <laughs> is that uh, welcome to cocktails? questions um you don't you don't let a room full of toddlers just go right no. it's the same reason why you don't let a bunch of robots just make a bunch of decisions yep. um so i i think it's interesting um to your point about about unsupervised versus supervised right so if we have this thing what's the bridge how do we get there like what what is the answer who who reviews these decisions I made think controlled me? experimentation so um ray bradbury who was it did the three laws uh, and they were Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov did the three laws uh, of of the robotics, where um, and I can't think of them off the top of my head, but um, they were actually reflected in iRobot, the that movie. That's an underrated movie. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, and the whole idea is a like, robot, can you go? A robot may not injure a human being. Uh, 
A robot must obey orders, and a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Which is a reasoning algorithm. That is a set of guidelines by which a robot can make a yeah. valid decision as to how it should act. Um, and some sort know. of logic so like that has again? to exist. Uh, cannot, cannot harm a human being. May not injure a human being. A robot must obey orders given uh, by the human being, except where such orders would conflict with the rule number one or law one, and a robot must protect its own existence such that it does not conflict with rule one or two. Yeah, because so I mean, one of the biggest things in, in AI is the challenge is um, if you, uh, it must protect its own existence, right? Yes. Because if... Uh, but you know how that's last, though. Yeah, it is. But, it, but, the, but if the goal, say the goal is to go get me a cup of coffee, yep. right? And that's the, the sole goal of the robot. If somebody were to turn that robot off, it can't ever accomplish its goal. That's its purpose. And and yeah, and it's unless you yeah, and unless you tell it that that is okay, maybe there is a reason that it should turn off. Then it's going to do everything possible to keep you from turning it off. Now it may not harm you, but it may make you late. It may get throw things in the way. It may do all of these different things. Um, and the uh, the level of effort that that robot will eventually go to using all of his power just to get me a cup of coffee. Is, is just, it's kind of mind-blowing, right? Just because we told to get a cup of coffee. The, the point there is that if you don't understand as you're programming how important it is to give context to a robot, like to, or to, to an AI, and, yep. and let them explain like the, how many decisions yes. that go through our mind every single day. 20,000. Yeah, there, there's no way that, um, that you can avoid some of these instances like you see at Amazon. Well, so I, I have a half-baked topic called the long run up to disappointment in AI. In the earliest sort of version I got of AI in pop culture, there's a robot in some play in 18 something or other, right? And so what we've had is these failed attempts and the patience with AI is so low that I th it, it's a problem because we go, oh, it failed. It's going to fail forever. And the next thing you know, you've got this hyper-fast robot coming out of Boston Dynamics. But this, this, this evolution, right? Like, is it inevitable? And it reminds me of Marshall McLuhan. So I'm just going to read one more quote real quick. It's my favorite Marshall McLuhan quote, which is, man becomes, as it were, the sex organs of the machine world. The machine world reciprocates the man's love by expediting his wishes and desires, namely in providing him with wealth. That's your favorite quote. By I can't Marshall even McLuhan. remember what by Marshall you said McLuhan. at the beginning of that. I'd say, I love it. I can't, I mean... Mankind <laughs> is a sex organ of the machine world. Yeah. We are, we what does are, that mean? We are, they are in control of us without knowing. So it's our destiny to create these machines that make us better, to make better machines, so on and so yep. forth, until it comes into some form of singularity. So all of this talk about controlling and throttling ethics as a service may all be bullshit. Because right, we're all hurting. Well, that, that's the, the question, thing. right? Is this going to be a whole big oh, nothing burger, right? We're yeah. like 30 years from now, we're like, God, can you believe you we were talking about that shit in 2019? Like, nothing happened. Um, I mean, like but a Y2K a style that, of that, that, that nothing happens? No. Yeah. No, I think something's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, the potential exists that nothing's going to happen. And I think it's been hyped up to such a degree that if nothing happens, it's going to be like speculative for a long time. Like, let's not make this another AI thing. Um, I no, I I honestly think that so the, the getting back to Max Tegmark, right? Yep. And he and, and several others who are infinitely more intelligent than than me or I or we. Not as attractive though. No, that's true. He is not we are as attractive as I am. But um actually I've never seen him. Um but 
uh, he talks about how AI is in really ways very dumb, right? Like, so the big blue, right, that was competing on Jeopardy, like... It's it was, a seven-year-old. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, it's just so amazing, and he figured out syntax and context. Like, yeah, hey, hey, robot, go make me some toast. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, just collapses in on itself trying to reason through why you would even want it, right? That's right. Because it doesn't have that, like, sort of thinking. Um, I think if and when that starts to emerge, that we actually look at it as more um, a description a means by which to execute discrete tasks. Like there's a great article in Bloomberg about how um, these intelligent robots are now going into the forest to do logging that's just too dangerous for humans um, and nobody wants the jobs. Those are the things that I think you'll see. That doesn't require comprehensive, holistic intelligence. That requires very specific task-based intelligence and a set of judgments that it has to make. Once we get into like applications and entertainment, I think... There's a great book by Steven Johnson called Wonderland, and it talks about um, a lot of innovation comes from play. And he actually Correct. talks about um, automata back in like the, the 1500s and things like that. It's a fantastic book. I think entertainment is where you're going to start seeing this. You're already starting to see it sort of in some weird ways, like that Joe Rogan voice yes. article where like he didn't do any of it. But the, So uh, real quick, a uh, company called Dessa took... Um, a lot of the 1,300 episodes of the Joe Rogan experience synthesized his voice, understood topics he talks about frequently, and created an entire minute's worth of do- a monologue that never happened about him buying a hockey team that was staffed by chimpanzees. And so <laughs> we talk about play, and we talk about the the humorous side. So if you guys haven't seen uh, The Fakening on Instagram, is hilarious. Um, yes. A, a lot of stuff out there is really fun, but there's a malicious side to this thing. And we are now officially on the record of having enough recorded audio where anybody can make us say anything that we've never said. That's true. And that's back to the terrifying mm. doom loop. Of, yes. You know, yeah, it's, it's all fun and games for now. I and, don't think in our lifetime anybody will get close to designing an AI that has human intuition because I don't think we understand it, right? Like, I don't think we're capable of... I couldn't of, put you on the spot and tell you, and tell you to define it. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. The amount of thought that goes through your brain just to walk out of this door, right? And the fact that you're looking... Especially after a couple so, of drinks. Yeah, exactly. But but how far you're looking ahead. I mean, I was, uh, um, some, I, was, I was listening to something the other day and they were saying that for a long time you couldn't even tell, AI couldn't tell the difference between a dog and a cat. That's well, actually, now it can yep. really well. But if you change one pixel in the middle of that cat... It's like holy shit! Yeah, that's what a, the, that's what a horse. What you just do? Yeah, that's it's like, <laughs> and, and it looks exactly like a cat, but in the middle, there's not a pixel. And it's like, well, that's not a cat. So imagine if you do that with something else. You know, they were talking about like, do that with a stop sign. So you put a piece of tape yep. on a stop sign. All of a sudden, the autonomous car is like, just blows right through that. Right. Right. And, it's and that's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, and so there's all, there's all these different examples, but but this, the same thing in the tape example I loved. But there's um, that Boston Dynamics robot and some of those robots that can like jump six feet straight in the air, do a backflip and land. Mm-hmm. But if it gets a piece of tape on its foot, it just <laughs> exactly. like falls over exactly. and just starts exploding. For now, you know, though. It. It, it, for now. So it reminds yeah. me It reminds me of um, pre-trained models. It, yeah. it, there's pre-trained and then there's, you know, the classic, the, the known unknowns, the unknown unknowns. Like you have to have a system in mm-hmm. order to do this. So uh, quite proudly, we have a robust uh uh, facial recognition technology that we've been working on. And we've gone through all the known permutations of scarves, beers, glasses, hats, different angles, different lighting conditions. Did you do berets? No, man. Okay. Fuck the French. James, it's not going to work. I'm going to be there kid. pretty oh, soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, bring me a beret. I'm not man. going to wear a beret. Um, and the same thing with conversational interfaces. People don't go to the ends of the road to understand all the ways in. And that's a little bit of the patience thing I'm talking about. You know, people will knock it and say, oh, it fell over because it has a piece of tape on its shoe. 
All right, you do a backflip. Yeah. You can't even no, right. you can't, like I'll clean your feet for I'll you. You still can't do a backflip, right? I'll so give it a it's shot. just this um, unfortunate disrespect to humans, which or, I mean robots. I'd be honest. So weird. I figure we should probably all take a poll. I'm actually really bullish. I figure we'll get the ethics thing figured out. Um, I don't think it's going to go quite as crazy as we anticipate, and I think most of it will be applied for good. I think the fact that AI can supplement. Um, an oncologist or radiologist's cancer detection is great, mm-hmm. right? And I think those are things, I think I'm going to go and try and patent the idea, I don't think I can now that I mentioned it, of the bomb diffusing robot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. The sure U.S. military. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, they're listening <laughs> to this show they, right they, now the, and they're the like, great, the great part a of this, that's a great the great, there's, yeah. there's, a bomb, there's a guy whose job it is to do that who's listening to this <laughs> on the SWAT team. He's like, son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> the great part about podcasting is the audience can't hear the eye rolls or the furrowed brows <laughs> when I make statements like that. So, but I think it's going to be good. How, how about you guys? Man, I, I think uh, my hope is that it's good eventually. Yes. I think there's going to be some major missteps. I think we're going to see one or two missteps in the next three to five years that are really big um, that we just didn't think about that take something like the Amazon thing and do it at scale. Unfortunately, they they cause a lot of public harm. And so, I mean, you saw what happened with the elections with Facebook and all of that stuff. And, but I think it's going to be a more acute example. The flash crash in 2010 was, you know, uh, an immediate kind of thing that happened Mm -hmm. and that everyone was affected by, but we were able to sort of fix that. Um, I think that we're going to go through that and that's going to cause people to take a step back. I think people are going to rebel against the idea of AI. They're going to put some brakes on it and there's going to have to be some sort of, unfortunately, you know, from where I come from, some government uh, regulation that I think will probably stifle innovation, but in the long term end up being a good thing. Suffocate the shit out of it, most likely. Yeah. Uh, Not only are we going to fix it, we actually did fix it. You want to talk... Two minutes about Trump and Dump, one minute, just what it was and how we fixed that whole oh, yeah. automated we built problem. A, we built a platform. Uh, we saw that uh, when President Trump was tweeting Pre-President early in the Trump, admi- yeah. yeah, right at the Candidate beginning Trump. of the administration, um, he was he'd be tweeting about a company like a Ford or a Boeing. Um, and uh, as he tweeted, their stock price would immediately go down because... Surprise, surprise, all the tweets were negative. So uh, we built this bot that followed Trump on Twitter, and it would analyze every tweet and determine if there was a public tra- publicly traded company mentioned and if the uh, sentiment was positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And if it was negative, we would automatically short the stock because we knew it was go- going down. <laughs> we'd wait a while, we'd close out that short, and then we donated all the profits to the ASPCA. See. So there is some good that happens. Right? Right? Saving puppies. That's, yes. That's, yes that's, saving puppies. So to, that's to what you do with your it. thought and to answer your question, uh, I do have to believe in humans because I have no other choice than to. Uh, however, there will be some missteps between uh, uh, now and then. So real quick, before we get you guys out of here, coolest thing of the week. Um, you want me to go first? No, I'd love for you to go so first. So Amazon. I think still talk, Amazon. Is that all we ever talk about these days is Amazon? But I just had an article they were talking about how Amazon's close to delivering a wearable that can detect depression, which I thought is interesting, if only because they can give it to its workers and see how they feel about working in those warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fun. Too soon. No, yeah. no, nobody thinks about that when they get their nice little Amazon box, though, right? But, no, everyone's, everyone's, you know, everyone's that's a really good point. A, that is a great point, Everyone's man. ethics has a line. Back right? when yeah. Travis Kalanick was like a horrible shipping. person, people you, were still yeah. jumping into Uber. You know one day what? shipping and, yeah. and, and you definitely two day shipping yeah, I cared about those people but now I can get in 24 hours and uh and they look up know, they look up facts on why on you, why you shouldn't <laughs> they look up facts why you shouldn't eat beef on their phone made by a child but that's that's a <laughs> you know everyone's ethics is hilarious Ben you got a coolest thing this week uh, I got two coolest things I think the first thing was um, that uh, 
well, this is maybe not cool for them, but Tesla is running very low on funds, uh, even if they just raised a couple billion dollars. So the headline I saw was that Elon Musk is now single-handedly personally approving every expense report at Tesla, which is just Because that's the problem. Yes, that, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's those crazy employees who spend all of his money. Joe in accounting took the new guy out for lunch and spent $7 on that's a why they're going burrito at Chipotle. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Elon's working on that. So I thought that was cool. Um, second thing, I think we are uh, contractually obligated to plug uh, yes. our new book yes, called we are. Embracing Irrationality, soon available <laughs> on Amazon, where you can check and see if you're depressed or not, uh, from James Lanyon <laughs> and myself. Um, it's a uh, it's a real page turner. It is. I gotta say, just it's go, gonna be go fantastic. check it out. Um, and uh, if you don't like it, James will give you fifteen dollars. That's, that's. I used to have trouble sleeping. And you guys gave me that copy. Yeah. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, the coolest thing that I saw. Um, Want to shout out to uh, our friends over at Texas Monthly, who is a fantastic publication all about celebrating everything that is Texas because. There's no end to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they had us out to a Texas Monthly Live event last night at the historic Paramount Theater in downtown Austin, Texas, that assembled absolutely fantastic storytellers where they, where they would get, tell some of their best stories with custom animations and movies, with a live band all coming together in this really unique blend of, of, of modern-day storytelling. It was Multimedia great. and all that. Multimedia, yeah. uh, multi-sensory sort of, sort of deal, but telling true, like, rich, deep stories. And two that stu- stood out to me, uh, Kat Cardenas uh, told a story of growing up in San Antonio and her grandfather and really, like, the his- history and rituals of, of having a family and what, what does that mean in modern day. And then... Katie Vine told a story, which was really cool, man, about this couple that are looking after what's called the Useful Wild Plants Project. And they set out on a mission. This guy named Scooter, and I forget the wife's name. Um, uh, and in, in undergrad, realized that nobody had ever documented all of the plants in Texas. And Texas, is a, there's something like 40 natural climates that just exist in Texas, which means if you map the plants wild and unknown of Texas, you'll plant, you will map a good portion of North and South America. So I set out on this mission to understand in depth the over 4,000 native species to Texas. What is their chemical, chemical compositions? What do they do? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Fascinating story. And the whole thing, people are like, why are you doing this? And his, his rebuttal is because you never know what plant may save us all. Ah, Fantastic that's, mission. That's true. It was a great that's night. That's very insightful. Uh, Real yeah. quick before we go, um, I don't think the one thing I don't think we do very well is recognize all the fan mail we get, <laughs> <laughs> well, which so we true. which we actually got but this mo- week. Most yeah. of it's obscene. We, yeah. uh, that's, that's true. We, we got we, we that was I, I actually Johnny R. If you're listening right now, if you made it all the way through this, appreciate you sending the kind note. We would love to have you on. <laughs> so just recognize our our, our fan. And, um, uh, and then as I look at the other fan letters, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, that, that's I, but I think it was important to acknowledge yeah. that I want to encourage reader yes, or listener yes. participation. Right. Do we Call, ask them text. to rate and and and, and recommend us? Yes. On that note, uh, thank you for listening to cocktails and questions for Ben, for James, for Austin, for special guest Anna. If you could do us a huge favor, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We appreciate it. We have fun. We hope you're having fun too. For the entire crew, be good yourselves, be good to one another. Talk to you soon. Bye.